Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 227 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, we got spring training baseball. Yes, we Hell do. Yeah. I love it. It's not spring here. It's cold it's as shit. Cold, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. But stay indoors. Grab yourself a nice warm cup of after eight hot cocoa or hot chocolate, whatever you want to call it. Turn on your TV and watch some Blue Jays spring training. That's how you beat the winter. Yep. At least we know that when baseball does return, spring is around the corner. So I'm hype. Yeah. I'm so hype. I don't even I I don't even care about stats or whatever's happening in the games for spring training. I don't care. Baseball's back. There's nothing else on my radar now. I'm clearing the decks. Don't care about hockey anymore, except for my trip in April. Don't care <laughs> about basketball. Never did. Don't care about soccer, whatever. Like just shut it down. It's baseball season. Okay. Well, really for us every every day is baseball. Every day season. is baseball season. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna walk back back a little bit. It's race week. It is race week. Yeah. Next week. So Probably Formula, Formula, Formula One fans. We back next week. I'm super excited for that. We'll, so we, me, we don't have to talk about that now. Yeah, it, it just I'll say it took me less than twenty four <clears throat> hours to watch all ten episodes of Drive to Survive. So <laughs> I started watching them Friday night after work and I was finished before I went to bed yesterday. So I heard there's no Sebastian Vettel retirement they don't, episode. Not a whole episode. They they do mention it. The thing is is like I don't think Netflix goes to every race. So if they're not around when yeah. things happen then like <clears throat> they can't really show it in the show because they don't have it on film so i i just can't think of what drama they would have been able to mine out of the entire season there was some stuff. like well but not a lot i mean there was some, there generally was speaking these guys all like each other there were, well there was more like uh like team drama like the whole red bull spending cap the oscar piastri yeah. piasco between alpine and mclaren yeah there was a lot of like team drama this year <clears throat> more like team principal stuff than there was driver drama so but yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna talk anymore about it yeah if you like what we do and we are a baseball podcast <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, follow us on twitter at bfmd podcast website bfmdpodcast.com uh you guys know where to find us wherever you get a podcast you can uh type our name in bat flips and maple dips you can find us thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode we're getting right into a little quick hit session there about spring training. We're going to profile a player you might not have thought about making the roster, but you probably will be thinking about it now, or at least <laughs> after we talk about it. And then we'll just kind of go through some of the news right quick uh, that's uh, kicking around. Justin, uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, for sure. So Jays have played two spring training games so far, one on the road against the Pirates, and then they had a home spring training game today against the New York Yankees, who were in a split squad uh, themselves. So through the first two games, Patrick, uh, really five five players have uh, done noteworthy things, in my opinion. Uh, Vladdy's got a home run in each of his first two games, and they've been absolute piss missiles, as we'd expect. Um, he also had to ground into a double play his very first spring training at bat, so it was really like the full duality of Vlad was on display. It's either a piss missile into the seats or it's a ground ball double play. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. We'll take the dingers. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi, Patrick, uh, turned some heads yesterday. Obviously, we know, everyone knows how much he struggled last year 
519 ERA on the season. Um, he's started working on his curveball a bit more. And yesterday, he threw 33 pitches over two innings. He had 14 swing and misses and struck out five batters in those two innings, Patrick Marsh. So a good start for the bearded Yusei Kikuchi. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in previous mm-hmm. episodes that mm-hmm. Kikuchi was going to be coming into spring training with, uh, you know, a, a, carrying a little bit of the weight of last season, but also coming in as a man absolutely determined to put the work in. Yeah. Sporting the beard, I think, if, I mean, it's cosmetic, but it feels like it's it's it means something. It's more <laughs> than that. Um, it's really, it's great to see him you know, doing his thing out on the bump and get him finding that success again. Yes. Um, I was a huge fan of his and I was, uh, I think the first guy in our podcast to mm-hmm. mention wanting to sign him and it ended up being a disaster. And, uh, I never caught any strays from, uh, from you for that. Um, thank you for that. Um, I could throw some your way if you want. No, there's we're other good. things I could throw some strays at for too. But. We'll get there, but uh, <laughs> for now, I think uh, I'm happy to see Kikuchi uh, come into camp. The expectation for uh, for him is is to be the number five starter. That's what we're hoping we see out of him because there's yeah. not really a lot of options out there right now. Yeah, and uh, he's important because he's the only lefty starter that's going to be healthy to start the season. So That's right. So uh, it's great to see him doing what he needs to do out on the bump it's spring training and stats don't quite mean anything right now but at the same time you like to see your guy yeah. going out there and, and getting whiffs it's encouraging it's 100 percent encouraging because yeah it's not something that we saw consistently from him last year there would be games where he would have good strikeout numbers but he'd also give up a lot of base hits he was talking with yeah. hazel may after the game yesterday and he said that he likes the pitch clock he said it helped him establish a rhythm and just kind of keep that tempo and i think for kikuchi he also mentioned he's like it didn't let me think about my mechanics too much because you're just you're just getting the ball and you're throwing it again right you don't have time to walk around the mound and stew over a bad pitch you threw you just got to get right back up there and throw it again so i think the <laughs> everyone's kind of wondering like hey is the pitch clock going to cause era to go up i'm actually like kind of on the other side of things where i think it might actually be almost better for more for the majority of pitchers because yeah, they might make a bad pitch, but if a if a hitter swings at a bad one, they don't have much time to think about either. They can't step out anymore and walk around, right? They they've got to get right back in the box too. So it goes both ways. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna yeah, be a psychological game now. A bit more. It's out. actually, I think it's gonna be a bigger detriment to the hitters. I do too. Yeah, we've already seen it. We've already seen it yeah. happen. We saw a game end on a uh, pitch clock violation. Uh, I think it was Braves and Cardinals yesterday. Something like that. Maybe the Sox, Phillies. I can't remember. Maybe I don't know. It was one of those one of those teams yeah. anyway. But uh, yeah, a game actually ended on a a called pitch clock strike for the third strike of a game in the bottom of the ninth inning yesterday. So uh, umpires they they were told that there's gonna be no grace period, so you've got to be ready. And if you're not ready, you're gonna either be getting the free strike or you're gonna be out. So <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I think it's going to be a bigger detriment to the hitters. It gives them less yeah. time to think about 
pitch selection or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether or not they want to shorten their swing or what alternative options they have at the plate. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's a huge advantage for pitchers. Agreed. And so far the proof is in the pudding, I think. Although a lot of s- the scores have been kind of wacky it's in spring, spring training, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's how it works. That's how it goes. Um, There's a lot of football scores in spring training. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like MLB kind of they kind of started at the extreme with the pitch clock, right? Like they went to the 15 seconds right away. I I would I almost thought they were gonna be like more like a 20 second with no bat I'm or glad they no runners on. But this this will allow them that say say hey and maybe this ends up being like that it's too short. They can always add a few seconds and they go to 18 or something like in future seasons, right? I think it's nice to start with a low amount of time on the pitch clock so you can always add more it's easier to add more than it is to take away in my opinion so but yeah we'll see how it goes it's early early data so far but uh yeah so i mean it's great for kikuchi uh i think a guy that'll also benefit will be jose barrios he's one of the guys who works the fastest on the blue jays and now it's going to benefit him because he'll just be able to get right back on there and hitters won't be able to get comfortable either right it's it's going to be the same kind of thing where they won't, if he's making, if, if a pitcher is making bad pitches, they just have to get right back up there and throw another one. Like they can't get mad yep. at themselves. They've just got to get right back up. So it'll be interesting to see. How there's it no time. Out. Yeah. There's not really time to be cerebral you can't with stew. yourself. Yeah. You can't stew on it. Yeah. Um, no, Kevin Biggio through two games. Patrick has uh, three hits so far. It's good to see him. Hopefully uh, he's one of the guys who we both think will see a batting average increase due to the shift being gone. And then Santiago Espinal, another middle infielder for the Jays, has uh, had a home run in the first game and also has taken a walk in that game, too. So nice to see. Uh, and had another base hit in that game, too. So good to see some Blue Jay regulars getting off to a decent start. Like we said, the stats don't really mean too much. But when you give yourself that confidence early in spring training, that goes a long way. Yep, definitely. And especially for two guys like Bijo and Espinal, who are probably going to end up platooning a lot. Yes. Biggio's going to play a lot because he can play almost every position. Yep. Uh, although you won't see him in center field or, or left field. You'll see him in right field. You'll see him maybe here and there at first. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Well, he's a, uh, him, and, him and Belt are good guys to have because, it, say, say Belt's DHing, you can always put Cavan in later in a game if you've got a pinch run for Vladi in a situation or something, right? Because Cavan's a good base runner, so... Yeah, and Belt is a left-handed hitter. Exactly. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it, like we've talked about the the roster has flexibility now, and the options are all pretty good. So it's not uh, there are no like four A players playing on this roster anymore. It's it's a big league roster. We have to do a spicy prediction episode. We'll we get to that yeah. close to like close the, to end. the opening day. Very close to opening day, we'll have to do some spicy predictions. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, That's gonna be two, sweet. two games down for the Blue Jays, and uh, some guys got to a good start. We're going to do a quick profile on one of the players who we see as being in the conversation for that last bench spot. Uh, Fangraphs has Nathan Lucas in that spot right now, but it's going to be a competition between guys like Addison Barger, Spencer Horowitz, and Otto Lopez, along with Nathan Lucas. We're going to talk about Addison Barger today as he's a guy who has really come a long way in the last two seasons. He hit a whole run in the first spring training game as well, Patrick. He also has a double and a walk through his first two games of the spring. But he was drafted 
out of high school from Tampa, Florida in 2018 in the sixth round of the MLB draft by the Blue Jays. His first couple seasons, there wasn't really too much to write home about. He didn't get into a ton of games. First year right after he got drafted, he ended up playing in 49 games for then-rookie league Bluefield, uh, where he had 214 plate appearances, only hit 194, and had three home runs over that time. So he had a home run like every basically uh, almost 70 plate appearances. Um, so it's not a lot of power. 2019, he only played in 13 games. He dealt with some injuries that year. Only had two home runs and 58 plate appearances. Obviously, 2020, no minor league season because of COVID. The Blue Jays had a bunch of players at their alternate site in Rochester that year. And we don't really know what went on there for them because they didn't honestly keep track of stats because there was no games being played against other organizations. It was all internal. 2021, he comes back, Patrick. He ends up being in what was then short season Vancouver. Uh, in 2021 uh or sorry that was Dunedin again already sorry my bad my apologies is Dunedin and low a ball and he ended up hitting 18 home runs there and just under 400 at bats to earn himself a promotion to uh, high a ball by the end of the season to Vancouver and he only played in five games there so there's not much to write home about but he hit 249 for Dunedin that year and 18 home runs he does strike out quite a bit but uh, he found some power there this year it all kind of came together for him Started with Vancouver, 300 at-bats, or 300 plate appearances pretty much, 14 home runs there, hit an even 300, earned a promotion to New Hampshire, another 200 plate appearances there, hit 313, hit nine more home runs, earned a promotion to Buffalo, where he only got into eight games there, but he hit three home runs and 36 plate appearances, uh, had a 355 average in, that, in those 36 uh, plate appearances there. Overall in the year, it was incredible for him. Uh, total stat line for 2022 his batting average was 308 378 on base with a 555 slug for a 933 OPS 26 home runs so he went from kind of hitting a home run every 70 plate appearances to being to about 20 plate appearances over the last two seasons so really as he filled out and if you've seen Scott Mitchell's Twitter feed this spring you saw a picture of Addison Barger and Scott Mitchell says he needs to add a linebacker to his third base shortstop and outfield uh, super utility line. So he's a big boy. Yeah, the power really impresses me if you look at what he's been able to do Yeah. Uh, in double A uh, and high A over the last couple seasons. Uh, and he, the, the prospect reports that we see uh, have a big emphasis on his ability to hit the ball and to hit it with a lot of power. He's not slow. He's not uh, mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. type of third basemen. He's got wheels. Uh, he was stealing some bases, uh, at least in high A and in A ball. He was doing yeah. that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, what I like to, out of this guy is that he's got the power, but he also he's not going to run like he has a piano strapped to his back. I like that. <laughs> I like a, a player who could do that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Fangraphs actually has him ranked at 53 on their prospects big board this year, Patrick. Which is crazy. Which is crazy because he's come, kind of come out of nowhere. Last year he wasn't even ranked. They yeah. do have him as a high risk player because obviously he's, he's had he's had a couple. He's had one really good minor league season where he had batting average and power. We don't really know how he'll adapt to big league pitching, but <clears throat> like we talked about, we talked about before the show, lefty bat. He's only he's six feet tall, like 175, so he's not a super huge, like, tall guy, but he's just, he's stacked. Like, he's built 
like a brick shit house for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. The guy is a tank and the fact that he can play infield and they're going to try him in the outfield. It's uh it, it's more flexibility. So we love that. Let's uh let's deal a little bit in the realities of the roster though for 2026. Yeah. Uh, uh there's clearly one spot remaining for a position player. That's right. On this team, the other 12 slots are spoken for, uh, barring some kind of uh, unfortunate injury, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. Uh, But going into the season, there is going to be a question of whether or not they want to go with uh, a Nathan Lucas or if they want to take a chance and give Addison uh, Barger the opportunity. Yeah. But the thing is, Matt Chapman is the everyday third baseman. Addison Barger will not play shortstop, period. He won't. Not unless Bo's DHing. <laughs> and not unless Espinal's Bo is DHing and Santiago Espinal is it, traded. Like, it's just not going to happen. Good thing, though, is that Barger's left, bats left handed, and we know Espinal struggles against uh, righties. So that's an option. Just saying. It is. I'm curious, though, how Addison Barger's development impacts whether or not they sign Matt Chapman to an extension <laughs> because this is his last year. Yeah. Uh, and then he's a free agent. Yep. He's going to get paid a handsome amount of money. He's a he's a $20 million player. Well, and to add to that, we saw that Manny Machado signed an 11-year, $350 million Ooh. deal with the Padres. Yeah. And that's going to make Matt Chapman the best available free agent third baseman next winter now that, now that Machado's off the market. So yep. uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Blue Jays have extension talks with him before then or if they are content to let him go to, to free agency. And like you said, it's going to all depend on how Aralvis Martinez develops, how Addison Barger develops this year because they need to know if they've got internal candidates who are going to be ready to step into Chapman's role not only offensively, but more importantly, defensively at third base. Yeah. And I feel like if they were yeah. going to do it, <laughs> if it were me, I would have extended him last spring yeah. rather than now yeah. or later. But That's it's right. too late now. I think you're it's right. Too, too late to apologize. Yeah. He's going to be turning like 30 thing. here in a, in a few months. So he's Matt Chapman still has lots of life left. And I mean, he's he's Machado was Machado was thirty. He's gonna, his deal is going to take him through his age forty one season. So I don't yeah. think Matt Chapman's going to get a three hundred fifty million dollar deal or no. or eleven years. No, but five years and like a similar dollar amount to George Springer's hundred and fifty is not out of the realm. Like the problem they're going to run into next year is that there's still one more year of arbitration for Bo, one more year of arbitration for Vladdy, right? And they're going to get paid big dollary dues. And well, uh, it, yeah, Bo and Vladdy are still going to have two more years of ARB. They still have 2024 right, and 2025. Not tw- right. I keep forgetting it's 2020. You keep forgetting what year it is. Yeah. So Bo and Vladdy still have both have two more years of yeah, ARB. Yeah, fucking me up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing is, Chappie is going to want, well, hang on. Okay. Ryu comes off the books this year. Well, he's off the books now, technically. Well, no. Yeah. Yes and no. If he comes back, he won't be off the books. No. <laughs> But they accepted that. Yeah. Um, they weren't worried about that. No. So, but at the end of this year, he's definitely off the books. That's right. Um, Maryfield probably comes off the books. Uh, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. 
there's money, but yep, there will be money to spend. I don't know if it'll, there'll be twenty five million dollars for Matt Chapman. So, the long story short, out of all of this, from me, mm-hmm. is I think Addison Barger is better suited to play as many games as possible in AAA this season to prepare him for next year. And worst case scenario, you just call him up. He yeah, I also I also feel like uh, as a counterpoint to that, we're we're at the point in the window where we're not really playing for next year, right? We're playing to win now. And if yeah. Addison Barger is your best option for that last bench spot, I think you have to say, you know what, like he starts the season with the big club, and yeah, if he's not if he's not getting enough at bats, or if the everyone everyone stays healthy for the whole first couple of months, then yeah, maybe you do send him down. But I'm kind of of the opinion where whichever of the guys who are kind of competing for that last spot plays the best in the spring, they should give the, get the opportunity to run with it, whether or not they need more development time or not. So I think it's him or Nathan Lucas. Maybe yeah. outside, outside shot Vinny Capra. Maybe. I can see Otto Lopez ahead of all those guys. Vinny Capra was, was like released and then re-signed on a minor league deal. Um, I forgot about Otto Lopez. Yeah, I don't. I I think I think Otto, I think Vinny Capra is like below. I would even put him below Spencer Horowitz because Spencer Horowitz is another first base outfield right. hybrid guy. Right. So I, like Vinny Capra is not even in the conversation for me. He'd have to hit like 400 in the spring <laughs> to even like be close to having a chance. So I don't know. I, I it it really comes down to what they want. Do they want a primary outfielder in Nathan Lucas? Or do they want guys with flexibility like Barger, like Horowitz, like Lopez, who can all play multiple positions? Because they know this team already has that, right? They've already got Espinal who can play the infield. They've got Biggio who can play second, third if needed, outfield. They've got Whit Merrifield who plays second in the outfield, right? They've got those guys already. They've got Dalton Varsha who can catch and play the outfield. Like They've got these guys who are capable of doing a variety of positions so it depends on if they want i think they're going to want another lefty bat they've got they'll, they'll give them five lefties on the roster then because they've got varshall belt and kiermaier who are going to play the most and then biggio is on the bench as the fourth lefty yeah, yeah. so i mean if you want a fifth lefty it's going to be lucas or horowitz most likely so yeah but do you want a 23 year old player who's still developing to be on the bench most of the time i don't know yeah I, that's it's hard to say that vexes me is that yeah to start the year, I feel like it makes the most sense for him to just let her rip in Buffalo and then take Nathan Lucas and then see what he does. And if he does well, great. Yeah, you got that bat. That's fair. That's if fair. He does, and yeah, if he does I mean, shit, you call up Barger. <laughs> and if Matt Chapman gets injured, you call up Barger. Yeah, if Espinal gets injured, you call up Barger. That's a fair, um, a fair point. Yeah, like I mean, it's. It's like we said, it's probably going to be whoever, whomever plays the best in the spring. Like there's going to be a very good internal competition for that spot as well for like the final bullpen spot, which we'll kind of talk about as we get more reps for some guys. Do you think it'd be fair to go like for, as far as this 13th uh, position player, the power rankings right now probably goes number one, Otto Lopez, number two, Addison Barger, number three, Spencer Horowitz, number four, maybe Orelvis, and then number five, Vinny Capra. No, maybe. no. I, I would I would say my power rankings going into it would be Nathan Lucas at number one. 
And yeah. then Spencer Horwitz, number two. I would put Lopez, three, and Barger, four, before the spring. Really? You'd put Lopez at third? Yes, because he's already mm. played some time in the big leagues. He looked fine, though. And he looked fine. Like, he plays he plays really good defense. He's 24 years old now. He's kind of done – he's done the AAA thing for a couple of years now, right? Like, he's he's been in AAA since 2021. He hit just about 300 there last year. He hit 289 the year before. Like, he's proven that he can hit at AAA. Doesn't hit for power, but he hits for average, and he has a bit of speed. Like, he's got 29 stolen bases over the past two seasons. And not a lot of strikeout, a good amount of walk in his bat. So he's he's a guy who's not going to be a huge run producer for you, but he profiles similar to an Espinal where he's going to play really good defense and hopefully get on base enough to warrant him getting semi-regular playing time, right? Like it's... He's I, four I, years younger than Santiago Espinal. He is, yeah. He's 24 and Santiago Espinal is... Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's only got one MLB option year left. It'll be this this year is his last option yes, year. Yes. And so it's kind of like I mean he's he's kind of a guy who I think is almost the incumbent in that sense where everyone else has some more option years. But you've got Lopez here who really could make a splash in the spring. Like these guys, it's all really up to them. Like what they're gonna do, right? Like they've. Yeah, I would take Otto Lopez court. over Spencer Horowitz, though. Yeah, Spencer Horowitz, I think, is is a, I I would put him, I, I put him in like the second spot just because of his utility and the fact that again he's a lefty bat with a reasonable amount of power who also hits for a reasonably high average. So none of these guys are really bad options. No, not at all. That's, any, we any, have that. We have the any the of them. I'd be happy with to see them on well, the I mean, roster. I don't want this to happen. I'm saying hypothetically, if Bo were to go down, Otto Lopez is definitely going to get the call out of out of all of them. Yes, yes, yeah. If any of Bo, Espy, or Biggio were to go down, I think it would be Otto Lopez who would replace them. If Chappie goes down, it's Addison Barger. Y- him or Lopez, yeah. Again. Um, yeah. If Vladdy goes down season's over if body goes uh, down it's yeah you, you'd have brandon belt blow, playing more first up. base yeah blow it biggio. up biggio played first base today in the spring game um i think they're gonna uh, biggio's like you said biggio's gonna play a, a lot i think a pretty fair amount and he'll play everywhere on the diamond he'll get his pas i think yep. he'll get 400 pas That's i could a see lot, it if he, if he stays healthy yeah i could see uh, belt biggio and espinal all getting similar plate appearance numbers as semi-regular slash bench guys, so. But Nathan Lucas, you we bo- well. I like. I him. didn't put Nathan Lucas. At I wanted one, him to get a I... shot last year. We both did. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, we agree on that for because sure. Because. Yeah, he was Bradley playing. Zimmer he was Jack playing Bradley well. Jr. Yeah. Why not give him a run instead of Zimmer or Junior Jackie Bradley Junior? No disrespect to those guys, but Nathan Lucas has options. So if he if he didn't work out, you could always send him back down. It is um, what it is. He hit 285 last year in AAA, so I mean, there's, there's yeah. just, there isn't too much power there. But again, he's not a high strikeout guy. He'll take some walks. Just kind of a competent hitter. He's he's, he's going to be 29 in July this year, so he's not a young guy anymore. But I mean, what's the what's the harm in giving a guy who's played well the last couple of minor league years with Toronto last year and with Durham Bulls for Tampa Bay the year before? Like the Jays know him well because they play against Durham in in the in the uh, international league so 
Yep. I, I just think, I don't know. I think we, yeah. we're lucky. We're, there's a lot of flexibility yeah. with all these guys. We're talking <laughs> about the 13th man. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe next episode we'll talk about the 13th position that's kind of available for at least the first three months of the season with the pen. Yeah, with the no 13th Chad Green. pitcher. Healthy, yeah, exactly. No, Until Chad Green is healthy. Yeah, it'll take some time. Spot. We need to get some, these guys that are competing for that need to get some more reps in before we can. We really, really need to see as many innings as possible from them. And I think they're aware of that, which is why I think the Jays will probably. Yeah, they did a bullpen day today. Yeah, they're going to see a lot of like 10, 9, 11 to oh, yeah, or 10 games because yeah, not they're so going to throw about, everybody uh, out there. Not so worried about score, more worried about individual performances in the spring. So. Yeah, and we'll see. Like, for example, one of the guys competing for that role is Butters, and Butters has already been out there. He did okay. Command okay, was yeah. – was but that's – yeah, you know what you're getting. Nate Pearson struck out the side today. He did give up a run though, but he's yep. another guy who's he's a reliever a now. Too. So, yeah, but he, if he can get like Threw he's got mustard mile on our fastball today. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got mustard on that fastball. If he can maybe, I don't know what his other pitches are. Curveball is a big one for him. That's his breaker. Mm, it's and it's relatively it's relatively good, but when you've got 101. You've got to be able to locate that to make your other pitches better. Your other pitches don't have to be as good. When you can throw 101 and you can you can dot it, your other pitches don't have to be quite as good because people are sitting on they're waiting for the fastball, right? So that's true. And then you just it's just a thing where you got to beat them. But we already have pretty good closer. I mm -hmm. I I don't know. We'll see what Nate can do. There's lots of time to talk about the 13th man. Yep. Uh, reliever. What other news is there kicking yeah, around Toronto few, Jays? Yeah, a few kind of uh, miscellaneous items to chat about before we wrap this one up. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is still not in Camp Patrick, still waiting the birth of his child. It actually came down to him and the Blue Jays deciding that he will not play for Mexico at, in the World Baseball Classic. Unfortunate for Kirk and for Team Mexico, but it's the best. They talked about it being the, it's the best for everybody else. He has been working out on his own. Uh, John Schneider told Shadavidi that uh, everything, every report that they've gotten, every video that they've looked at of Kirky so far, working out on his own, hitting whatever has been good so far. They they love they love it. He looks good, so that's great. Hopefully, uh, everything goes well with the the coming of the baby, and he can get to camp after uh, welcoming the new child into the world. Um, it's it's a shame, yeah. I mean, obviously, a guy wants to play for his country, and the Jays were going to let him do it, but uh, when it comes down to it. Him and the Jays both know that the big league season is more important and it's what's going to impact a potential word World Series run, and that's more important than the WBC. So he's not going to be there for Mexico. It's unfortunate, but we're seeing it more and more the closer we get to the WBC that a lot of players are going to end up yeah. having to back out just because they'd rather be ready for the MLB season, and who can blame them? Yeah, Nick Pavetta it's, had to back out for Canada because he was he was sick for a few days, so it slowed down his ramp up time. So yeah, it's just it is the what reality it is. of the world. I mean, the tournament. I mean, it's it's cute, but I mean, it's just not in the grand scheme of things. It's not super important. <laughs> nope, and it's not really that important to the growth of the game. If you want to fix the growth of the game get rid of blackouts on MLB TV. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's another conversation. We um, other yeah, we talked about Manny Machado already, so that, that will make Matt Chapman highly sought after next season. Uh, and in other Blue Jays camp news, they've we know that we've already talked about how they've got Victor Martinez and Paul Quantrill back as 
uh, members of the Blue Jays staff in the organization. They're also going to be bringing in Edwin Encarnacion and Pat Henkin over the coming month to help. Then those two are going to be exploring larger roles within the club. So the Parrots back, uh, Pat Henkin's back, obviously both former Blue Jay players and guys who had great success, had some big moments with the team. Uh, and yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to see. It's always great to bring, like they've got Victor and Edwin as former like incredibly good hitters and then they've got Paul Quantrill and Pat Henkin as former pitchers for the Blue Jays and guys who have been around the game a long time and will have a lot of knowledge to pass along so it's nice to see uh some former players getting getting some love on the coaching side of things uh yeah Henkin and Quantrill are both uh teammates they were actually playing Mm -hmm. together in Toronto for uh a few years uh Quantrill's a little bit younger I think uh and Pat uh Pat was gone after 99 for a couple seasons before he had one more stint yep. uh, with Toronto in 2004. But I, I love this. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find two guys that have sort of floated around the organization as much as they have mm-hmm. as far as pitching talent goes. Um, and Quantrill has been really refining his craft as a coach for many years now. Yep. Uh, being a part of Baseball Canada. And, uh, of course, uh, I believe he had a role with the Jays for a number of years, yeah, starting kinda, in 2016. And then yeah. he was, I think he was he was gone for a, for a seasons, year, maybe yeah. maybe two, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember if it was back. last year or the year before that he had left the team before, yeah. the, before the season. But, yeah, he's back now. So, And Pat Hankin... Uh, he's one of the underrated starters of Blue Jays history just because I think, I mean, he was there. Technically, he was there for both titles, but I think he only gets credit for the 93. I think he was, he might have been uh, minor league or something. Yeah, yeah I he don't was know. minor it's, league uh, in 92 or something like that. That's before my uh, memory, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But he was back in his day, he was a great pitcher. He was also, he did opening day. Uh, for the Jays once. He was once yep. opening day starter. So, I don't know. I just I like Pat Hankin. It's too bad uh, we haven't seen him in the booth or anything like that. It would be interesting to hear more from some of the veteran pitchers throughout history. And obviously, Edwin Encarnacion, like, there isn't really another hitter I could think of that I'd love to have in this sort of position. Mm-hmm. Uh, between him and Jose Batista, some of the greatest memories of the last 30 years yeah uh like post world series wins mm-hmm. uh my favorite home run ever from the blue jays aside from joe carter was edwin absolutely smoking that ball Ubaldo jimenez uh Ubaldo jimenez and the wild card game in 2016 to knock out the shitbirds <laughs> so we got our shot at texas and we stomped them yeah to get back to the alcs so yeah memories memories yeah but uh, no it's great to see those guys back and hopefully they'll stick around and be with the club throughout the season because like we said it's uh just incredibly valuable insight and experience from two great ball players and four great ball players throwing Quantrill and Martinez in there too so the Blue Jays are really uh fleshing out their staff with a lot of like analytics folks and then all these guys who just have that practical knowledge so love to see it yeah, and there's a lot of guys, like we talked about before, who are competing for that 13th spot in the pen. So 
Yep. See how kind of Quantrill and Hank can rub off on these guys. Or what roles they even have. We don't even really know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where, where they end up uh, fitting in. But uh, yeah, any any final thoughts before we wrap this one up, Patrick? I'm really excited for the next like few days of baseball. We'll be back, I, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday night, one of the two. Mm-hmm to uh to go through what you know what's come down uh in the news for the, for the jays and, and maybe mlb at large if we see anything spicy yeah, anything anything noteworthy <laughs> i'm just happy baseball's back it means we have stuff to talk about that's not like old we're not just this making is all up new content ha- <laughs> yeah it's like it's happening to us now yeah and we're back to doing two a week for as long and as mi- uh, for as long as we can, and as many times as we can. Yep. It's obviously at the the first week of April is going to be kind of tough, but um, which is unfortunate. But mm-hmm. uh, we might only miss. Yeah, as as long as uh, we're both, as long as we're both around, we'll do what we can to get two episodes a week and schedule permitting. Honestly, with the Blue Jays, if there's no good evenings to record during a week, we might not be able to record some nights, but. Uh, We'll for sure have episodes on usually every Sunday if possible, and we'll see what happens. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. It's uh, the best time of the year. We, we love that because, like I said before, <laughs> for those of us up here in the frigid cold, it's uh, when baseball comes back, we know that spring is around the corner and that we can look forward to not having the temperature outside hurt our faces. So. <laughs> We love that. (laughs) Definitely. But uh, that'll be it for us. We'll be back in a few days with more Blue Jays spring training news and notes. But for Patrick out in Halifax, I'm Justin here in Saskatoon. We will see you next time.